The Bucketeers Podcast is a proud member of the TSP and the Timeskew Podcast Network. You can catch our podcast on a number of outlets, including Spotify, Google, Apple, timeskew.com slash podcast. And you can follow us on Twitter and YouTube today for Buccaneers updates at Bucketeers. Hello, good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to another fantastic episode of the Bucketeers Podcast. I'm your host, Tampa Tones. We're joined in by a couple of the crew today, along with the very special guest, Rhett Matthews. We'll bring him in here shortly. He's got a great Buccaneers podcast of his own. He'll talk about that, uh, I'm sure, the Cannon Fire pod. A lot of you guys are familiar with that. One of the best pods on YouTube, actually. Does a lot of great graphics, videography, things of that nature. So go catch up with the Cannon Fire podcast for sure. And uh, we'll let Rhett explain that a little more when we welcome him in. We got a great show tonight. Cody, Stunna, how we doing, crew? Doing good. Missing football already. Yeah, every Sunday I'm like, are we going to have another game? Uh, every Monday I'm thinking, are we going to play tonight? So it's just, you know, it, it still feels like it should be the season. And uh, we're almost at the end of February. I got used to playing games there. Right? I'm sure you did too. You look like you had a great time at the parade. How are you doing tonight, my man? I am doing good. Good to talk to you, fellas. Yeah, thanks for coming on. Yeah, thanks for coming. Uh, real quick, where can the people follow you in your pod at on Twitter? Hell yeah, man. Check me out on Twitter at Redicus, R-A-G-T-T-A-K-U-S. Typically, if you follow me, I will follow you back. Um, and then you can check out the podcast, Cannon Fire Podcast, all the places you had mentioned, YouTube, and then anywhere else you download an audio podcast. And then uh, social media too, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, all of those are Cannon Fire Pod. Uh, Cannon Fire Podcast, if you search it up, you'll find it. But yeah, check us out there, my friend. Yeah, how's the podcast been going, and uh, what do you guys got planned coming up? Any uh, Anything big coming up or kind of just kicking it in off-season mode at this point? A uh, little bit of both. You know, we're kind of taking things as they come. Um, this year in particular, it was, it was definitely a different pace for putting out content just because, like you had mentioned earlier, you know, we're used to wrapping up and kind of planning our season review show first week of December, you know, sometimes end of November. And uh, obviously we had a great playoff run that Tampa Bay had this year. And then the season ending the way that it did, it it was a new experience. It was a welcome experience. But as far as right now, we're kind of taking a break. We're kind of not. uh, We got an episode planned next week, and it's an interview with somebody that should be pretty exciting. Um, But other than that, I mean, it's kind of a clean slate. I I was thinking we were going to pick back up and really start getting back into the groove of things a couple weeks into March, but we just got to kind of wait and see what happens. When news comes out, we'll definitely be covering it. Yeah, absolutely. It's kind of off-season mode for a lot of the crew. We got tonight's great show with you next week with Mike Evans, brother-in-law, Scott Nolan, a great guy. And then we're kind of going to coast a little bit too, you know, week-to-week type basis when the news happens. So we're glad you could join us tonight. You got a nice creamsicle in the background there. I'm (laughs) sure we've seen rumors about the creamsicles. Is it a realistic possibility in your eyes of it coming back and would you be more than thrilled for the creamsicles to be back in the arsenal oh absolutely man i i think if that collective bargaining agreement goes through and, and they can agree on changing that helmet rule i think it's almost certain that those creamsicles are going to return i mean uh, arians has already talked about it i think his you know one of his first couple of press conferences he might have been talking about the creamsicles so we know that he's a big fan a lot of other people i mean a lot of players have talked about it ryan jensen 
who probably is the, you know, the guy on the roster who would look the coolest in the creamsicle just because of that long orange flowing hair coming out of the back. But um, no, a lot of guys want to see it come back. I am definitely in that group of people. And I think if they move forward with changing that rule, 100% it'll be back. And, and I cannot wait for the day um, because I can, you know, I can update my creamsicle a little bit. Like I got a 99 sap because sap is one of those timeless bucks jerseys, but I'd love to get, you know, a newer player like a Devin White and the creamsicle would be pretty damn cool. Yeah, Devin White creamsicle would be really cool. I got a John Lynch creamsicle. You know, it, it, it runs right up there with Sap in terms of great historic players that we can add to the newer players. I had a Freeman creamsicle as well. That didn't turn out too great. Uh, <laughs> I, I misplaced that one and didn't look for it too good. So uh, one for two with the creamsicles, but they were a long time part of our franchise. If you mentioned Bruce has mentioned the creamsicles coming back. So it's a very good chance of happening as long as the NFL pretty much does let that happen in terms of the helmet rule Cody and Stunna, are you guys on the same page? Would you guys like to see the creamsicles back, or or do you guys not want them uh, as part of the updated uniforms? Bro, creamsicle, that is my favorite jersey, any sport, all time. I definitely want it to come back. And um, while we have the stack team, Tom Brady and all, we can get the uh, stink of the all the losing we did in the creamsicles off of us, so – I hope it comes back. My wallet probably doesn't hope the creamsicles make a full <laughs> comeback, but I definitely do. Yeah, I think a lot of people will be buying that merch, and uh, that's a whole other arsenal of Fanatics branding merchandise, uh, other merchandise, you know, to take advantage of two creamsicle colors. Stunna, what's your input on the creamsicles? I know you've been a, a longtime season ticket holder. You've suffered through the Ray Perkins era, et cetera. Are you looking forward to the creamsicles coming back? Well, I love the uniform, and, uh, you know, I was hoping we would do that with a color rush, maybe go all creamsicle. I know Sam Wash wanted to go all creamsicle at one time, so I've always been a, a fan of it. And uh, But I know the Glazers don't like the creamsicles, so that's the only hesitation I would have about it for next season. There were a uh, – sorry to cut you off, but there were, there were oh, a couple of ahead. mock-ups I had seen, you know, back when people didn't know what the 2020 uniforms were going to look like there were some mock-ups that I had seen that were basically the same uniforms we have now um, with a, with a different number font, but they had a creamsicle variant and it worked really well because it was, I mean, it was orange. It was the creamsicle Jersey, but there were little pewter details and just enough red on it to make it work with the pewter helmet. But I mean, I think the idea of like an all orange color rush, if they wanted to go that route, I think they definitely could have made it work with the pewter helmet. But uh, I mean, like we keep saying, hopefully if that rule gets changed, we'll see him back sooner than later. Yeah, I, that would be incredible, uh, the pewter. And I think that was a really good idea, too. I've seen that picture, I believe, last year. And it kind of stemmed off of their little promo video. I know they included Creamsicle in the color. I, I, I don't know if you remember that, but the Buccaneers put out that video of, like, new uniforms coming soon and all these colors kind of warped into the screen. And Creamsicle was one of them obviously not really a part of it now it could be brought back into the picture but I think we're all rooting for that Devin White in a creamsicle Jensen in a creamsicle Tom Brady in a creamsicle yeah even Bruce Arians in creamsicle colored clothing man I mean that guy could rock it could you imagine him in one of those little uh man I forget the name of what you call those hats but uh angle 
Yeah, yeah, exa- yeah. That there it is, and one of those creamsicles of that. I mean, come on, you oh, know, hell yeah, it it'd be some cool stuff. And speaking of cool stuff, you, my friend, brought a go on a boat during the boat parade, <laughs> and um, I I had to look twice. I kind of seen it at work, and I was like, uh, yeah, you know, I, it was kind of one of those things you kind of, and then I'm like, holy crap, a goat was on a boat. And uh, it was just incredible. Explain that experience a little bit more and how that ended up coming uh, to life, being able to bring a goat or uh, the animal version of Tom Brady onto a boat (laughs) and celebrate the parade for our champions. Hell yeah, man. It was a great time. Um, The idea came about, uh, I, I work for a guy named Bubba the Love Sponge, and we own goats. We have some goats behind the station. Um, the one that we brought out there that day was baby. He is the smaller, easier to handle goat that we have. Uh, my buddy Lummox is in charge of them. So he was really the guy holding the goat. I was just there with a megaphone and I was filming the whole thing. Um, but it, it was perfect. I mean, shout out that there was a guy, uh, one of Bubba's listeners who had a 33 foot boat and, um, you know, he took us out, he picked us up. It was really last minute too. Like we kind of had the idea that morning and, and for people to come together and organize it, it, you know, it obviously came together perfectly because we really couldn't have picked a better spot because we were right there at the Lombardi toss. And, and one of my favorite things about it was, you know, all the pictures of Brady throwing the trophy were dead center. And, and I mean, it's kind of funny because unless you know me or you knew it was us, you wouldn't really notice just because it's kind of pixelated. Um, but I mean, to wake up and see that the next day on like, you know, front page TMZ, Sports Center, House of Highlights, Bleacher Report, all that stuff, that, that was definitely cool. But no, it was a great time. And um, on the Cannon Fire podcast YouTube channel, we've got like a good 10, 11 minute video. Um, it's all footage that I took at the parade. We're just going around throwing beads at people, yelling at the players. And, you know, um, Vita Vea got a kick out of it. I remember Carlton Davis, Antoine Winfield Jr. were on the same boat and, and they were having a good time with it as well. So I think it was a good response. Um, it, I will say like we were in a really good spot, but I wish a, a small part of me wishes Brady hadn't thrown the Lombardi right there because I feel like he would have seen it. Because, I mean, that's the whole reason we brought it out there. We wanted him to see the goat and kind of, you know, get a reaction out of him. And I mean – he didn't even see it because he decided to throw the trophy, which was as much of a highlight in itself. And to be honest with you, I kind of want to get a picture of him throwing the trophy with us in the background. And I want it like framed over my desk. You know what I mean? Because that's something I'll remember for the rest of my life. But but safe to say it was probably my best experience as a Bucks fan. It, it was a damn good time. Yeah, definitely. And that looked incredible that you guys were – lucky enough to be captured in that photo, um, capsulated or not at some angles. It's just incredible. And I, I agree with you. I, I was hoping I was actually going to ask you if Tom Brady was lucky enough to see the goat, but that answered yeah. my question right then and there. Uh, as much of a um, Kodak moment, the trophy throw was, I agree with you. I wish you would have seen the goat as well. <laughs> that would have been really freaking cool based on the damn effort alone but nonetheless at least a, a lot of cool players seen it such as Vita Vea Winfield etc so job well done in my book shout out to Bubba for hooking it up uh with the big boat and uh the goat so that's really damn cool and uh boat parade seemed to be successful um Cody I know you were down there right before uh what did you think of the whole goat on the boat thing 
Dude, that was awesome. That's like, that's a goat <laughs> moment to bring a goat on the boat. I wanted to ask you, how did the goat like the boat? Did he get sick or act crazy or anything? No, honestly, baby, baby's a trooper, man. He, uh, he went out to Gasparilla last year in 2020. Wow. Um, it, he's the goat that likes doing stuff. Like you can load him up in the back of the truck and he'll just go anywhere. And he's a very social little guy. Like it, it was pretty cool. So he had a good time. The, you know, the only uh, the only hurdle we really ran into was every once in a while he'd pee, uh, he'd poop a little bit in the boat, and it wasn't our boat, so we're like, oh well, shit, you know. But um, no, man, it, it was it, it was good. He had a good time. Towards the end, he got a little bit tired, but we had plenty of food, snacks, and, and water to keep him healthy. So it, we made sure he was good. But I, I'm pretty sure he had fun. <laughs> he, he's famous now. I could. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, man. He's. I mean, he's been all over the place. They send them out everywhere. I'm sure we'll have some more stuff planned for them in the future. Maybe next time, next year, when we do it again, he'll get to meet Tom Brady this time. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> would he have been able to uh, – was he only meant for the water, or would this goat be traveling if it was, you know, a parade, a normal parade, say, on the streets? Although I don't know after the rate or the lightning and the bucks, I don't know if Tampa Bay will go back to normal parades. I think the boat parades – perhaps may have taken over for sure yeah you know i'm one of these people on the topic of the boat parades i think they're so damn fun and and i'm glad that i was there on a boat just because gasparilla did get canceled this year um so i mean you know to get that flotilla experience was pretty fun but when we had originally planned it we actually thought we were going to be just walking around like we had thought okay you know we'll take we'll take the goat and we'll go uh, Curtis Hicks and Waterfront, and we'll find a good park around Tampa, and we'll set up there, and we'll just hold them, you know, up in the air because I'm sure they'll see them. Um, but the, you know, like I said, as last minute as the idea was, somebody else was like, "Hey, by the way, I've got a boat," and it's funny because that idea in itself even evolved. Like it started out where uh, we were going to get this boat, but Lummy was going to be on. There's like this dinghy behind the station that we have that they use for the pond. It's just this old little wooden boat. And to be honest with you, if you put it out on open water, like the, you know, parts of the Hillsborough River, it probably would have ripped in half. But they wanted to tie that behind the 33 foot and have Lummy and the goat by themselves. That way they were more noticeable. And then once common sense kicked in and everybody was like, hey, that boat's not going to be able to, you know, withstand the water with a bunch of these other big boats around. So we decided to jump on the bigger boat and it ended up being a success, but um, yeah, I mean, it was just, it was last minute. It was chaotic, but it ultimately turned out perfectly. And if I had to go back and do it all again, I definitely do it the exact same way. Cause like I said, it's, it's a moment I'll remember for a really long time. Oh yeah. That's a moment to remember forever. You literally made history in a way and got a goat famous. So that's pretty cool. <laughs> man. Uh, a lot of Bucks fans, a lot of Bucks podcasters were like, damn, that that was some cool shit. So heads off to you, my friend. You made a lot of people's days, especially those who couldn't get to the parade. You added some much needed entertainment um, and, you know, you made it fun. So we could thank you for that for sure. And once again, we are here with Rep Matthews on the Bucketeers podcast and we're talking some Buccaneers football. We talked some Boat parade, go on a boat, and now we're going to be getting into some Chris Godwin and what he did or what he didn't say. You could uh, find right at the Cannon Fire podcast, and you could catch him on Twitter at Cannon Fire Pod. We heard Godwin talking with Pat McAfee, but it's what he didn't say that perhaps may have stood out 
more so than what you said. Cody and Stunna, I want to start with you two here first before we get Rhett's opinion on this. Godwin not saying anything with McAfee. Obviously, it was funny uh, watching, you know, them two do that. McAfee was like, oh, shit, is he still on the line? Obviously, you know, some theme dramatics there probably, but... Is it concerning? Do we think Chris Godwin's going to chase the money? He said money at the end of the day is ultimately important pretty much. So do we think Godwin's going to chase the money or or do we not have a problem? I know we could franchise tag him. That's a likely option and he'd still get paid pretty good there. But after that, we've seen what that could do with some football player relationships. Uh, I'm not concerned with anything that was or wasn't said. Um, what I heard was that he wants to be here. That's that's what I heard. I've heard the coaches and GM say they want him here. I've heard he wants to be here. He's got to know he's got a chance of getting another ring. So I said all along, I think worst case, we franchise tag him. The only way if he had flat out said, I don't want to be there anymore, I might be worried about it. But I just – I think they, they you know, their program, he's not going to say much. He's not going to – you know, he's not going to say anything too damning or too good or anything like that, I think um, – I think Chris Godwin's going to be here next year. I think he wants to be here. I think we want him here. So, uh, no, I'm not too worried about it. Yeah, Sona, how about you? Uh, What say you? Did you happen to see the McAfee Godwin, and what's your takeaway from their discussion? Well, um, when I saw whether it was a technical difficulty, um, I think Godwin is a humble guy, and I think he likes Tampa. But, you know, money talks. So I think possibly the franchise tag would have to go to Goblin if his agent wanted a buck. And uh, But I definitely see us keeping Godwin. Yeah, he's a special player. He makes some ridiculous catches. And uh, in the playoffs, he had some really big moments. Uh, he, he's had some really great times in just four short years with the Bucks, with both Winston, Fitzpatrick, Tom Brady, you name it. Godwin has been there. Rhett, what's your take on Godwin? I know we all want him here. I know franchise tag uh, will happen if it needs to be, but do you see us getting a long-term contract with him done this offseason? I definitely think they'll try their best. Um, I do think it's a possibility, but, you know, you look at everybody else who's kind of eligible to get the tag, and I think Chris Godwin is the most likely candidate, and I think that's the most most likely route they go. But, you know, when a guy like Chris Godwin says he wants to stay here, I definitely believe him. Um I mean, I think any of those guys on the team who says they want to stay here, I believe them. But, you know, the way that Chris Godwin talks about Tampa, everything he said up until this point, I definitely believe him when he says he wants to stay here. Um, Depending on what happens with the cap, depending on how the Bucs address free agency, I I don't know if this will be a super exciting free agency. It's funny because I remember saying that last year, and then obviously it was the best free agency offseason the Bucs have ever had. But – I don't know. I think a lot of your guys stick around and, and for a guy like Chris Godwin, it's either going to be on a long-term deal or the tag, which is obvious at this point, but I don't know. What I'm trying to say is that I really think they're going to, you know, get a long-term deal with him done. Um, but if he ends up on the tag, that's ultimately what happens. There's just a lot of people who seem like they're scared of the bucks using the tag on someone this year. And it's, it's kind of weird. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. And I like your point there of, uh, you know, I don't think a lot of people expected him to do much last year. And then all of a sudden, 
what I like about their offseason last year it was so spread out. I feel like every month they kind of made a big move or every couple weeks. It wasn't like all at once. It was a Brady thing, boom. Then the Gronk thing happened. Then over the offseason, they brought in LaShawn McCoy in July. Leonard Fournette came along uh, a little bit later. And then Antonio Brown came through midway through the season last year. So we'll see what happens this year. I've seen some reports of maybe them trying to make a little splash and nothing huge and nothing crazy, but obviously we have a lot to take care of in-house and we know how things get after winning a Super Bowl. Guys get overpaid. A lot of guys get offered big contracts elsewhere, although all these bucks deserve big contracts. But we talked uh, last episode with stank bastard of the loose cannons we talked with him about how we overpaid Boel and Vinnie Curry you know things happen so it's very possible guys like Nunez Roaches get paid very good money somewhere else obviously guys like that um, we might have to consider but yeah I think Godwin and the Bucks really try and get at something I think they both know there's a lot of longevity, uh, a lot of long-term success possible here between the two we already seen what happened this far between the two and he's had three different quarterbacks so um anyone from Fitzmagic to Jameis to Brady three very different quarterbacks there too he's had success with all of them so Brady here for a couple more years after that Godwin could really help a young quarterback grow I think think that's a very good thing and uh I these Penn State guys at the pro level a lot of them become great football players Saquon Barkley uh Miles Sanders Donovan Smith there's a lot of Penn State guys who become reputable at the pro level so you know we got Godwin and that's very good I would like him to be here a long time uh one thing just to butt in yeah go ahead Cody I don't know that Godwin has a bigger fan than Bruce Arians. Like from day one, I remember before Bruce Arians even came here, said Godwin can be a hundred catch a year wide receiver. And he has done nothing but sing his praises. And it's not just catching the football, it's blocking what he does off the field, the locker room. So yeah, I just, I, I don't see it any way, any way, shape or form that Godwin in here next year. Arians loves him. I'm sure light does too. Brady has spoken nothing but highly of him. And, um, He's an important part to our offense. He, we we see the difference, like when he was out, when he was injured. Like he just, there's so many different things he can do and and do it so well. Like um, you can't, you, you find a guy like that later in the draft. Like good teams don't let in-house talent like that go. You have to. I know paying two wide receivers is tough, but it's not impossible. You just you can't let someone like that go. That young, that good. I I don't think he's reached his potential yet either. It's the scary part for the rest of the league. So yeah, I think really good. I think the Bucks are going to do their part to move some money around. I think there's going to be a couple of guys on this roster this coming off season that people are going to have to get comfortable with maybe not being here next season. I think maybe a guy like Cam Brate is one of those guys. Damn um, Will, Will Golston could maybe be one of those guys. He talked about Nacho getting money somewhere else, even though he wasn't, you know, a huge cap hit. Um, but if they move money around to keep a guy like Godwin, you know, I'm glad you mentioned his blocking as well, just because he's, he's a great fundamental wide receiver, man. Like he is, yeah. he is a number one wide receiver on 30 out of 32 teams in the NFL. And it's, it, you know, he's definitely a guy that you like to have around. And he's, he's probably one of those uh, top of the totem pole guys, as far as like Jason lights draft record goes as well. Um, he, he's got plenty of great moments. You know, I remember early on in the playoffs, people were pretty quick to turn on him because he had a case of the dropsies those first two games. But 
you know, shit happens. He bounced back and ultimately is a Super Bowl champion. Um, and it's funny, too, because, you know, I worry more about a guy like Antonio Brown than I do Chris Godwin as far as if they're going to be here next year because it, I'm kind of 50-50 on AB. Um, I think there's just as good of a chance that a team, you know, takes a limb and, and pays him good wide receiver money. But I also feel like there's a chance he takes a really team-friendly contract to sit here and play with Tom Brady because him and Tom Brady are that close. And, I mean, you know, he knew this was his last chance. The Bucks gave him that last chance. And just like Chris Godwin, he is a champion because of it. So, you know, we'll see what happens. But but Chris Godwin's definitely a guy that you want on your team and a guy that personally I would take over someone like A.B., even though he is widely regarded as one of the best wide receivers the last 10 years. I just – the way this offense goes with Chris Godwin on the field, you know, you don't really need Antonio Brown out there. And we've seen them perform without him on the field. Yeah, I think uh, Tyler Johnson, you know, last offseason he was hurt. He missed a lot of camp. Um, I think another offseason working with Tom Brady, like that, I'm sure they'll do back to the high school or whatever. Um, I don't think we'll skip a B. AB's a great player, and this is no disrespect to AB, but just with our wide receiver room, if we get Godwin back, Johnson, Scotty Miller, I think I think we're fine. I would take Godwin all day, any day over AB, just off-field issues, age, on-field production, like, I know Godwin's going to be a lot more expensive, but there's a reason for that. He's worth it. The one I'm still worried about is um, Shaq. I think – I still think that we find a way with him, but, like, we we really got to get Shaq back. I mean, we've got to be able to rush the passer. We really need Shaq next year. So, that's the one, I don't know, I guess most concerned to me. Godwin, I think, is back. Gronk, if he wants to play again, I think he'll be back fairly cheap. I'm with you about Brate. I, I love Brate as a person, player, but he's one I could see not being here. Um, Sue's another important one, but if it's between, say, Sue or um, Shaq, you got to get Shaq back. We've got to find a way to get Shaq back. Who who would you guys ultimately rather part with then for cap casualty uh, before we move on here in a little bit? But who would you guys rather see move way or part ways as a tight end, O.J. Howard or Cam Brate? We've seen what uh, Howard could do a little bit. We've seen a full season of Bray and a playoffs of Bray. For this off- offense heading into next season, would you rather see O.J. Howard be tight end number two? Or, uh, you know, assuming Gronk's back, would you rather see Howard as tight end number two or would you rather see Bray as tight end number two? Uh I think it's got to be OJ here. And I think if you're the Bucks, you think the same thing. As much as we do love Cam Brate and as faithful as he has been to Tampa Bay, um, not only from a money standpoint, but just from a pure like athlete, athlete standpoint, um, OJ Howard really seemed like early in the season, him and Brady developed a pretty good chemistry. He's a very big, freakishly athletic guy. He's fast. And, you know, Cam is definitely – Mr. Reliable, he's the check down, first down guy when you need him to be. But that big playability that OJ possesses, uh, he's a better blocker than Cambrate is, and that factors into that tight end room as well. So I, I think from that standpoint and just kind of where you stand with OJ's contract and the work left to be done, you roll the dice, you take a chance on a guy that has already shown plenty of great flashes. I, I know the, the staying healthy is also part of it, but, you know, if I'm the Bucks, I, I just take OJ there. Yeah, Cody, how about you? Do you agree with the OJ over Bray argument? I, I definitely agree with every point he made. Um, I, I think he's, he is a better player, more explosive, definitely a better blocker. Nobody could argue that. But the injuries are concerning. The thing, the only thing to me would maybe be like 
if we could, we maybe trade him, get a draft pick for OJ, something like that. That would, you know, maybe hinge on that. But um, I love Cam Braid. I absolutely, and there's no disrespect to him whatsoever, but I just think we've seen flashes. And, and I really, I felt like this was the year that OJ was going to put it all together. I just, his ceiling is just so, Cam Braid, he's, he's reached his ceiling. And there's nothing wrong with that where we got him. We have gotten great play from him. But his ceiling and OJ's ceiling, it's, it's not even in the same room. I mean, OJ just... But again, you know, it, hopefully he can stay healthy. But um, I'd hate losing Bray. I would absolutely hate to lose Cam Bray. If Cam ultimately does go, at least his last catch as a Buccaneer will be when he caught the Lombardi. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you can't overlook that. Um, you know, some people, to, like the original people who told me said Gronk caught it. I, I'm like, no, Bray caught that. You can't discredit Bray. That was an incredible catch. I mean, that's a lot of skill. And then we've seen that mini toss, too, I think, from Evans to Ryan Griffin, if I'm not mistaken. Um, they, they had a mini toss, perhaps. But that break, that break catch is awesome. Stunna, uh, Bray or Howard, if you had to choose one on this team next year, who you got? I'm going to go with Cam Bray. Um, you know, Cam played injured for us. And Cam has been reliable. And Cam, you know, made plays in the Super Bowl season. Now, O.J. really looked good in that Denver game. He, he finally showed some hands, but, but he's had a lot of drops. And he and I don't know how many 16-game schedules uh, O.J.'s given us. Uh, I felt like we reached with O.J. even with a 19th pick, even though, you know, he's a phenomenal-looking player. But the production just hasn't – we haven't got the 19th pick out of that. And you could actually uh, – you, you would think O.J. has more trade value than uh, a Cambray. And then uh, so – they're basically both making a, uh, a relatively, you know, similar contract next year. So I would try to move on from OJ, even though I love OJ. But if I had to make that choice, I would move on from OJ, try to get some draft capital back out of him and just move on with Braid as uh, tight end number two. And also Bruce Arians doesn't really use the tight ends that much. Yeah, and it's so tough because I feel like everyone really wishes we could have, you know, a Gronk, Bray, Howard tight end room and, you know, be able to afford all these guys. But that's just very hard to do is a lot of – all three of these guys could be tight end ones on a lot of teams around the NFL. Um, they're all different prototype tight ends. It, it's tough because Bray developed that whole season relationship with Brady, but I think we all uh, are in the same boat as O.J. Howard being a little – younger um a little more explosive perhaps the nice thing with bray is it does seem like him and brady are tight at the hip we've seen that post boat video of him and bray kind of walking off having that um little talk after ryan griffin helped brady off the boat (laughs) don't forget don't forget ryan griffin holding them up the entire time it happened too (laughs) yeah ryan griffin was being um you know brady's walker you could say so to speak, yeah, he was helping him through things. Shout out to Ryan Griffin for that, though. I mean, what a job for this guy. He gets to be a backup QB. Last year, he comes in during the Colts game, throws a couple of passes, uh, disappears into the night, gets another contract from the Buccaneers, comes back uh, third strings to Brady and Gabbert, and uh, next thing you know, he's known as Brady's uh, holder up or however the hell you want to put it, but um, that shirt's cool, too, the shirt that people have of uh, Brady with Griffin in the background. Yeah. So I know Brady, uh, that little music video or that hype video he put out, him, Gabbert, Griffin, they look like they all had a fun day on that boat. Um, 
I'd love to be hanging out with that quarterback room. But, yeah, Griffin, shouts out to Ryan Griffin. He deserves a lot of props for, you know, taking care of Brady. You know, he could have fell in the water. You know, our goat was on the uh, tequila, the avocado tequila. A a lot of things could have happened. And that Florida son, that's not a joke. I know you guys know all about that. Yeah. Hey, I saw a thing about Ryan Griffin the other day. It's I, It was either like seven or eight million, I think, he's made in his career. And it said how many passes he's attempted. But, man, what an awesome job. Make seven, eight million dollars. You know, you're not doing much. You got Tom Brady and Blaine Gabbert. You're not going to play. So you just get to, like, go to boat parades, hang out with Tom Brady. There, <laughs> is, a, uh, there is a guy on Instagram. I don't know if you guys are familiar with him or not, but he has a fan page called Griffin Greatness. And it is a Ryan Griffin fan page. And he has been a Ryan Griffin fan page for, I think, three seasons, three or four. He's been around for a little while. So it's funny because we talk about Ryan Griffin in this light of like, yeah, he's a third string quarterback and he's the guy that held Brady in the picture. But he's a guy that I've, uh, you know, had a lot of information about over these past three seasons, whether I really wanted to or not. So it's, it's funny because he's become – you know, that, that dark horse of the team, and I think the guy who's underappreciated, even though he's thrown three career passes, I mean, you know, it's funny. But, uh, yeah, shout out, to, shout out to number four, Holden Steady. He, he's been around for a little while. Yeah, I've actually uh, reached out to number four uh, because I, I, you know, I got a man cave. I collect memorabilia. I, I won his my cause, my cleats from this past season. So I'm like, hey, uh, you know, thanks for giving me the, the opportunity to win these. He liked the tweet. So he's a nice guy. He's a, he's a cool guy. And uh, one of my buddies from home, John John Vanderrott, shout out to you. He hangs with a lot of the Bucks, whether it's Griffin, Bray, uh, they're all good guys. So Ryan Griffin's just another one of these dudes who's respected in the community. He's got a fan page out there. Um, I know a couple collectors actually collect his football cards and, you know, jerseys when they can. So Griffin's got a couple of collectors out there for throwing. He might have more collectors than passes throwing in the NFL out there. So um, (laughs) that's pretty incredible. But he's one of those guys that a lot of people like. And, uh, you know, his jersey still holds value. But his game used jersey from London last year went for $800, if I'm not mistaken, which is, you know, that's a pretty penny for a game worn jersey. So, Ryan Griffin, thank you. You do hold value to a lot of us. But as we get into the back half, the back portion, the last couple segments of the Bucketeers tonight in the last uh, 20 minutes or so of this great podcast with our friend Rhett, who was, uh, we had lucky enough to join us tonight. We're going to play a little free agency games. I know we've talked it a little bit already to this point, but the first one we're going to do is uh, long-term, short-term franchise tag. We're going to take our three biggest free agents. We're all going to go through and say who we would franchise, who we would give a long-term contract to, and which one would get the short-term contract. So between Levante David, Shaq Barrett, and Chris Godwin, long-term, short-term franchise tag. Cody, we'll start with you and then bounce to Rhett over to Stun It and uh, top it off with me. Cody, who are you going with long-term, short-term franchise out of Godwin, Shaq, and Levante David? So what I think is going to happen, I think Shaq's going to get a long-term. I think Godwin's going to get franchised. And Levante, I'm thinking they probably sign him like three years would be my guess. I'm guessing that would be my short-term. And um, I don't know, like me personally, like 
I wouldn't argue with that. I, I I like the thought of that. I think I think they give Shaq five years, guessing four or five years, probably roughly eighteen a year, something like that. And um, Levante, I think I saw people are predicting he's going to get around twelve year, twelve million years, something like that. Which um, you know he's got to retire, Buck. You got to do whatever you can. Like not only is he to deserve to retire, Buck, but you can't break him and Devin White up. That's the best linebacker duo in the league. He's a leader. You know he's. Still the heart and soul. I don't know if I would call him the heart and soul of this defense anymore, but he's a huge part of this defense. And so, yeah, I think that's kind of how it's going to shake out. I I don't think Devin White would be the linebacker he is without Levante, David. I think somebody else said that today in a quote. But, um, no, I, I, I kind of didn't want to agree with you. I wanted to say that Levante, you know, deserves a long-term deal, but – at the same time, when you watch Levante David play, he doesn't play like somebody who's been in the league for almost 10 years, you know? And so when you think about that aspect of how much longer can he really play, I think he can obviously play till he's like 35 if he really wanted to. But um, I think it does make sense. And so I'll agree with you there, Cody. I think Levante does get the short-term deal. I think they pay him well, but I just don't think it's going to be any longer than, you know, a three or a four year. Um, I think Shaq Barrett, they're going to try their best to get that long-term deal done. I think he definitely deserves it he played his best football when it mattered the most um I, I know on our podcast we were kind of you know a lot of throughout the season we were like well where's Shaq Barrett because you know he had a respectable season and he finished with like what seven eight sacks eight nine sacks somewhere Something around like there that. third yeah. pressures I think second or third in total yeah pressure. so he it's not that he didn't have a good season because yeah. let's face it he's probably getting double teamed a hell of a lot more than he was when he you know came out on the hot tear that he did last season um, but he showed up when it mattered and the way that he and Jason Pierre Paul play when like a guy like Vita Vey is in the game, I think he deserves to get paid the money that he thinks he's worth. And then I think Chris Godwin obviously gets the franchise tag. We kind of talked about it earlier, but you know, as far as preserving this team, keeping your core in there, I think the tag for Godwin only makes sense. And, and hopefully they do a good job of keeping that core together because, you know, the Bucs are in a different situation this year than they really have ever been. Uh, I don't know about ever because they won the Super Bowl once before, but when's the last time we talked about an offseason and we weren't talking about potential free agents to fix a weakness somewhere? You know, yeah. we're, we're kind of talking about, well, who off of the Super Bowl team are we going to have to give up because you got to get up somebody. So they're in a different situation this year. Um, and we'll, we'll see how they handle it. But I agree with Cody in, in the way that those things shake out. Yeah, that seems like a very likely scenario amongst many. Stunna, do you agree, or do you see it playing out differently? Well, you know, the way I see it playing out is probably going to lose Shaq. But, you know, as far as the three free agents, the age-wise, you want to give uh, Godwin the long-term deal because he's the youngest player. And you look at Levante David, you definitely want to give him a short-term deal because you don't know how long he can continue to play you know, because he's uh, long in the tooth. And then you don't want to really franchise Shaq two years in a row, you know. Yeah. Yeah, that would piss him off, you know, kind of like not saying he did great elsewhere, but kind of like a Kirk Cousins scenario. You could almost see Dak Prescott heading down that route with the Cowboys where if they do franchise tag him this year, he probably won't even reconsider going back next year when he's, uh, you know, off the book. So, yeah, Shaq, I really doubt he wants that tag again. Obviously, he's made it clear, more than clear, 
his wife is as well that he does want that long-term deal um, one way or another. Jacksonville did, uh, you know, make one of those hires this offseason that could cost them Shaq, though, but uh, Urban Meyer, not a lot of people at the pro level think he could get it done. I'd, I don't think Shaq would like playing for a guy like Urban Meyer, to be honest. Uh, Jacksonville was rumored for Shaq because he does like the state of Florida. Hopefully he could stay in Tampa. If I see it playing out, I do agree with uh, Rhett and Cody as uh, the three scenarios. I think Levante gets JPP type from the Bucks a two-year but paid well. I think they'll give him two years and paid well. Um, I think they're really going to keep this core together for like two more years. I'd love to see Levante be a, a buck for his whole career, his whole life. Um, but, you know, we'll see what happens after two years. I think two years is a magic number for a guy like him. I think we're going to really compete. Brady's going to extend another year, hopefully give us another two-year window. And then I think we franchise Godwin, and as we franchise tag him, Hopefully we could keep talking to him about a long-term deal. Hopefully we don't shut talks down and say we'll resurface next offseason. No, let's keep working at that shit. Let's keep uh, talking. Let's get a long-term deal done. One of the better wide receivers in the game. Uh, blocking ability, as you guys said, he does a lot off the field too. He has his own foundation, just a great guy in general. A couple fans turn on him for dropping balls, but a lot of those fans – uh, you know, they come to jump off the boat on the boat. They're all, they're all sorts of crazy on Bucks Twitter. Yeah, after, then. after you get the ring, nobody's talking about the drops, you know, in the first playoff game no. or two. No, and no, I think it was, uh, you know, two drops in one game and one in the other, but that yeah, catch. I went through a struggle with the Redskins. Yeah, the Red, the, you know, whatever you call them, Redskins football team. That's a game he struggled, but that catch against Green Bay. You know, that was life or death there. Um, that was a hell of a catch when they threw it up to him and he was able to come down with that. So there were plenty of times where he bailed us out in these playoffs. Um, you know, he had a lot of great plays throughout the season, obviously. And let's not forget the type of things he played through this year, too. He was banged up oh, yeah. t- time and time again. He had hand surgery and he was back, what, I think a week late. He took a week off only. I think that was the issues with the drops. He had just gotten those screws taken out of his finger and uh, his fingers were like taped together. You know, that's, he, he catches his ball with his hands. A lot of those guys you see catch with their bodies and everything else. I think that was the, a guy doesn't just start dropping passes, you know, three, four years into his career. What Tom Brady said, he's got the best hands he's ever seen, you know, so he's seen what he can do in practice. It's, I don't think it was nerves with Chris Godwin. I think it was just the uh, injury is what caused yeah. that issue. And I would have, I have no concerns with him going forward as far as the drops. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, I think a lot of fans could agree with that. His hand, uh, that was very – if you were actually to see his hand, you would even be like, how the hell is this guy playing? Um, It it didn't look human that he was able to play after that hand surgery. And he pretty much had, you know, if you were to put his season together, it was incredible the things he was able to do with that. And Mike Evans has helped him a lot too. So shout out to Mike for helping Chris become the guy he is. Obviously, we've seen it time and time again. And a real quick tribute to Vincent Jackson as he helped Mike become the guy he is. We all miss you, VJ, too. So, um, you know, Bucks have had good luck with receivers over the past 
uh, nine to ten years or so, uh, <laughs> especially lately. So it, it's been a while there. But when we got VJ to Mike Evans to Chris Godwin, things really started looking up. Uh, before that, they were not. So it's interesting to see the state of this franchise. We got some other free agents, though, fellas. Gronk, Sue, Fournette, Rhett, I want to get your opinion, A.B., out of those four guys, all the veterans, Sue, Gronk, Fournette, and A.B., who do you see coming back? Who do you see leaving? I think Sue's kind of 50-50. Um, you know, I had expected him to retire, to be honest with you. He came back and said he's ready for more, ready to make another run at it. And I think he can because the last season of football he showed us was definitely a step up from anything he's put on the field these last, I don't know, four years, you know, maybe aside from a year or two in L.A. But um, – you know, I think Sue is 50-50. Personally, I think Leonard Fournette walks. Um, I know they talked about the snap count not really being a problem for him, but I just think there's another team that's going to pay for him. And kind of like with everybody else in the NFL, I think Stun has said it. Um, cash talks, man. And, you know, there's going to be a team that's going to overpay for a running back, and I think that running back would be Leonard Fournette. Gronk, I think Gronk sticks around on team-friendly deals as long as Tom Brady is playing football. I really do. Um, as long as he's feeling good, which he is. Uh, we talked to Chris Gronkowski uh, the week of the Super Bowl, and we asked him about, you know, just Gronk's training regiment this year, the um, – the freedom that he has in Tampa Bay to, you know, manage his body that he didn't necessarily have in New England because, you know, in New England, he told us he played hurt a lot of the times. And I mean, he played hurt to where maybe he shouldn't have been practicing that week, but he was practicing that week. Um, Bruce Arians has done a really good job of kind of delegating and allowing, you know, certain players to just come to him and say, listen, I don't feel like practicing today. And, you know, that's the type of coach Bruce is. He's, he's 68 years old. So you're going to have stuff like that with your veteran players, but when it's working as well as it uh, as well as it is, and then Gronk obviously showing up a lot faster than I thought he would this season. I think he's in good shape. I think he feels good. And as long as Brady's here, I think he is here. Um, but yeah, AB we had talked about. I'm also fifty fifty on it. You know, I I think another team will pay AB, but we'll just have to wait and see what happens. I think the uh, I think the Chris Godwin news will will definitely be telling. Yeah, that, that'll kind of dictate the outcome of what we do with A.B. perhaps. They could both be back for sure, too. But if we lose Godwin or, you know, something along those lines, A.B. is almost for sure to be back. I agree with your scenarios exactly, though, myself. I think Fournette's going to get paid that big money that he's been looking for. I mean, he's a running back. We see how short uh, paydays could be for running backs. He's already going to be entering year number five in the NFL. So, it's one of those things where, you know, he's slowly turning the clock. He's looking for that big payday. Now he might get it. He's a guy that we don't need to overpay either as we have Rojo. We have our third-round pick from last year, Keyshawn Vaughn. So between those two guys, and I'm sure we're going to add a pass catching back on the cheap or we're going to draft a pass catching back. So between one of those two things, we're going to get a pass catching back in here and we're going to have a nice little three backs here. So as much as we love playoff Lenny, I bought a Super Bowl jersey. I do think he will be out the door as well. I just don't think we could keep him in the budget for what he's going to demand. And I, I admit, he should get his payday. Um, he's a running back. He's won a Super Bowl ring now. Uh, he he had he took a very bad Jaguars team to a good Jaguars team before that fell apart. 
you know, Leonard Fournette's been through some very good things in his short career in the NFL. Um, he's been through some adversity as well. He didn't get snaps halfway through the year. He went inactive at one point in time, and now he's a Super Bowl champion. So go get your payday, Leonard Fournette. Uh, I'd love to have you back, though. So if you do want to stay for cheap, feel free, my man. Um, we'd love you in Tampa. I think Sue mm, – to me, it's either retire or stay a buck. I think he could go either way. He does um, his personal life. He he has a, he's getting married. Um, you know, he he's had a baby. Yeah, he, he just had a baby. His family's starting up. So I I really can't blame Sue, a guy who's been at it for eleven seasons now. Um, you know, he he was an All Pro uh, even before the NFL. Nebraska was a highly touted prospect came in to this thing as a monster. He's going to leave the league a monster no matter what. He's won a Super Bowl with the Bucks, been to one with the Rams. Um, him and Gerald McCoy were back-to-back in their 2010 draft. Ever since then, Sue, as much as I love McCoy, McCoy's my dude, but Sue has kind of been the more prolific of the two. Um, the stats are very good for each, but for whatever reason, Sue's name holds weight, and we just see his nastiness, his grittiness on the field. I'd love him back. Um, I really hope he's back, but with his family stuff, I could see him retiring. Hopefully, if we do bring him back, it's on an incentives-based contract for cheap. I did see that Chris Gronkowski interview. Um, that was pretty cool on the Cannon Fire podcast, so be sure to check that out if you guys missed that. But that gives me um, you know, good hopes and spirits that Gronk will be back as long as Brady's playing. And I do, too, believe that Gronk will not go – Anywhere else besides play with Brady, he has no reason to. I've seen that talking head pundit uh, Ninkovich, uh, you know, say Gronk is going to go to Miami, I think he said. Get the hell out of here. Gronk is – no, That's just – you know, that's where Gronk is in his career. He, he doesn't really view himself, at least, you know, from what I think. I don't know what he thinks, but – I don't think he views himself as a guy who's going to go and just be a tight end one for just any team. I mean, he's a multi-time Super Bowl champion, just won his, what, fourth? Um, So, you know, he definitely has a little bit more respect for himself than to, you know, go to Miami. Not to say that it's not a promising situation down there. I just, you know, I just don't see him playing anywhere but with Tom Brady. And, And whether Tom Brady decides to pack up and go to San Fran after his contract is over and he's 45, 46 years old, maybe Gronk goes with him, but I just don't see that happening. That'd be incredible if, man, if he plays past his, you know, either next year or if he does extend another year, God bless him, 46. (laughs) But I don't see him and Gronk, you know, rallying to California either. That would be crazy, though. Incredible story. Antonio Brown, I think perhaps he stays. uh, I think he's at the point where he wants to play with Tom Brady as well, and I think he knows he's going to get that big payday, um, you know, in a year next year perhaps if he waits it out and keeps playing with Brady and keeps quiet on the field and producing. I think AB comes back on a cheap incentives contract. Cody, how do you see these four shaking out? Um, I agree with you guys with um, Grunt and Grunt's. He said numerous times how much fun he's had, and I he's not going to play with anyone but Brady. I think had Brady retired, I think Gronk would still be retired. So I just – he's having fun with his friend. So, yeah, I definitely think he's back. Sue, you know, I mean, his feelings could change as the offseason goes on, but he said he wants to come back and go for another one. So I'm going to take him at his word there. I think we um, 
find a way to sign, you know, him and Gronk take team friendly, maybe instead of laden deals. And um, I think they're both back. Uh, Leonard, I think has gone. We've talked about that a few times on the pod. He's, he's going to get paid. We can't afford to pay him. Don't, I mean, not to say we don't need him, but we don't need to pay him. That would mean, I think the difference in signing him would be losing Sue and Gronk or, you know, something like that. AB, I had said all along, I think he stays for cheap with Brady, but I don't know, man. Here lately, I'm kind of thinking, I think someone like maybe Green Bay or somebody's going to offer him a lot of money. He's getting older, so this might be his last chance at like a true big payday. So I think, you know, if a team comes with like a three, four-year deal with a lot of money, I think he'll take that. But if, you know, he's not getting many calls or not getting good offers, then I think he'll try and stay with the Bucks. Yeah, and I'd really be interested to see, you know, those offers and stuff because we obviously seen what happened in his short-lived time in Buffalo and then Oakland and then, um, you know, New England. That was kind of a really crazy thing. He denied a trade to Buffalo. They ended up getting digs out of it, so they ended up fine. Oakland ended up without a top receiver. Then New England lost him quick. So hopefully if A.B. does leave, he can keep uh, the right – Thing. you know he, he had a hell of a time with the Bucks, and I want him back I think we all do but if he does leave hopefully he keeps the right head on his shoulders Stunna how do you see these four playing out before we wrap it up with our last question um, well you know I'll take Sue and Gronk at their words I said they wanted to come back to Tampa um, Fournette you know I think the only reason he signed with us is because he got some money from Jacksonville when they cut him and I think he's only going to play at a certain dollar amount. And I don't think we were ever going to offer that dollar amount. So I think he knew all along it's kind of like a one-year deal. And then A.B., I thought originally that he might come back with us, but the way he talked in the, in the interviews that he was going to play the process out, I think he might try to get that one last paycheck. But if it doesn't work out, you know, we'd love to have him back. But I see us going two out of four on these guys. Yeah, I, I hope at least three, but two is probably a possibility given the big three free agents we already covered. We have a couple reserve O-line free agents as well. Once again, as we wrap up with our last question, we are here with Rep Matthews from the Cannon Fire podcast. It's been an incredible night talking Buccaneers so far to this point as we wrap up. One last question on the table. We all obviously know he's pretty much gone, but LaShawn McCoy now has back-to-back Super Bowls with this Buccaneers and Chiefs team these past two years. Do you guys see him retiring? I personally don't think there's anything left in the tank for him. Rhett, you you see LaShawn walking into the distance. I know he's not going to be a buck next year for sure, but do you think he latches on somewhere and tries to keep playing? Uh, I think just like Sue – you know, a lot of the ingredients are there. What better way to go out than two Super Bowls in a row? It's a shame he didn't play a snap in either of them, you know? Mm-hmm. So I, I think that might be digging at him as well. Like, yeah, he's a two-time Super Bowl champ, but he really wasn't a pivotal role. And it's a shame because he's, you know, past that point in his career where he can be that pivotal running back. But he served his purpose for Tampa Bay this season. I, I think his effect on that running back room when – far beyond you know anything that anyone saw at a surface level you heard Ronald Jones have nothing but great things to say about him Leonard Fournette I know was talking great about him um and you know I don't know if you guys listen to pardon my take or any of the Barstool podcasts but he was on he was on pardon my take not that long ago talking everybody up and he's just a good locker room guy to have and I think that's the role that he's going to fill whether it's here in Tampa Bay or anywhere else he goes 
So I think for him, it'll be, you know, whatever decision he decides to make. But if there is a time to hang it up, I don't know if there's a better time than this one. And I, I don't mean for that to sound harsh, but I think you guys know what I'm trying to get at here. I mean, two Super Bowls in a row, um, playing on some of the best teams in recent history and, and helping do a good job. I credit him a lot with, you know, Ronald Jones kind of playing the way that he did this year. We saw flashes last season, but I, I just – I think LaShawn McCoy – his impact on the running back room and the Bucks organization is definitely felt far beyond what he did on the field and anywhere else he goes. I think it'll ultimately be the same. I was really hoping too, when we were up kind of big late in the game against his old team that we at least let him get a couple snaps in at running back against the Kansas city team that didn't let him get any snaps at running back. I was hoping for LaShawn to get a couple Super Bowl snaps, but it didn't happen. Um, I agree with you though. I think, It'd be cool to have him back on event minimum if he wants to, but uh, I think it's a perfect time for him to retire after winning two Super Bowls uh, with, you know, really good numbers, potential Hall of Fame resume. Cody, what's your thoughts on LaShawn McCoy? Is he done in the NFL? I agree with you guys. I think, you know, it's probably time. You know, he's – I mean, there's no better time to walk away and – I don't mean any disrespect to him at all when I say this, but I don't think teams are going to be just lining up to sign him anyway. You know, he basically hasn't played the last two years. There's a reason for that. His best days are long behind him. He was an awesome signing. Like, like you guys said, what he, what he did for the team, the way the guys around him spoke about him, you know, he, he served his purpose. He was worth the money. So, you know, maybe barring someone getting hurt in training camp or something like that. And, you know, him getting another opportunity like he had with us or the chiefs. I don't really think so. He's also, you know, he's a well-spoken guy. I think he could have a job in a booth somewhere. So that, you know, oh, yeah. that might be part of it too. You know, people might come call and be an analyst or an announcer or whatever. So he'll, he'll, he'll be a barstool guy. I don't know. I just, I get that feeling from him because he's pretty witty. He's pretty funny. Yeah. I think they'll reel him in and they'll pay him good money to go over there and start a podcast or something. Yeah. He had a great career, man. Awesome. He seems by all accounts, he's an awesome dude. Had a great career. He's got two rings. I mean, when he first came out, you know, he was one of the most electric running backs I've seen. So, um, yeah, I wish him nothing but success, whatever he does. But, um, yeah, he, he won't be here. I mean, obviously it's not up to me, but I would be absolutely shocked if we brought him back here. So, you know, would a guy like that want to go from like, like I said, if, you know, maybe a sure enough contender wanted him, but I, I don't see him going to like Detroit or something like that. He's not, I, I just don't see why he would do something like that. So, yeah, I think he's done, but, um, uh, either way, I appreciate his time with us and um, wish him well. Yeah, I agree. We wish him well, whatever he does. Stunna, do you agree with us or do you see LaShawn perhaps coming back somehow? Stunna? We may have lost Stunna here, but that's okay. Uh, I think uh, we're all here. What happened? Oh, no, you're good. Uh, Just the LaShawn McCoy thing. What are your thoughts on LaShawn? Uh, I think he's going to get forced out of the NFL. He's lost a step, I know, um, but he but he's been a great influence, you know, in the locker room. And I'm glad he was part of our team this year. But um, you know, somebody might sign him like a Frank Gore situation. But I think eventually he'll get forced out of the NFL just because of the declining talent. Yeah, I agree. Um, two-time Super Bowl champ, and he's kind of a little older now, too, so I think it's a perfect time, especially with the declining talent 
It, we talked a lot about all types of Bucks free agents tonight, just about everyone. Talked about a goat on a boat, the creamsicle uniforms, <laughs> just a bunch of great things. Rhett, thanks again, once again, for joining us tonight, my man. It's been a lot of fun, uh, the crew talking some Bucks football with you. We hope to have you on again soon. Hell yeah, brother. I talk to you guys on Twitter all the time, and you're popping up in my timeline. So it was good to finally you know, put some faces to the names um, and, and get to talk to you guys. I had a really good time, and uh, – you know, always down to talk some Bucks ball. So thank you guys for having me on. Thanks a lot for coming, dude. It was definitely fun talking with you. Yeah, yeah Red, how, how do you feel about missing the combine, man? Isn't that a bummer? Yeah, I, I mean, you know, it's definitely a pivotal part. It's it's kind of weird how this entire offseason process is going to play out. Um, you know, Bruce Arian said in his press conference today, like, as far as we know, you know, nothing about this offseason is going to be normal. And I think that's the expectation moving forward. But it, you're going to miss some stuff that kind of reminds you what time of year it is. And that part's going to suck, but they'll make up for it. I mean, we'll get, you know, plenty of pro day footage, I'm sure, if those guys are going out. But it, it's definitely a fun part of the offseason that I enjoy watching. Like, there, there's nothing like having the combine on in the background and just, I don't know, just checking in every once in a while. Like, it's just that time of the year. But I'll definitely miss it. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of people will miss it. I think, you know, we now we got to study what senior bowl coverage and go to individual tapes and things of that sort. We've seen it last year with the NFL draft. I do some draft interviews with TimeSkew. We interviewed some smaller school guys. It was damn impossible for them to even get drafted. We only had seven small school guys get drafted because of no combine last year um to define small school it's pretty much not bcs it's pretty much you know um fcs or d2 d3 and juco usually there's about 20 to 27 of those guys drafted in each draft last year there was only seven so we've seen what happened last year again it may piggyback into this year we'll see maybe we could have a draft episode with uh right when the time comes That'd be a lot of fun. Uh, once again, you listen to the Bucketeers podcast, a member of the TSPN. We've had a great time chatting football with you guys tonight. Until next week with Scott, Mike Evans' brother-in-law. It's been right in the crew. We're out tonight. As always, Hello, go Bucks. darkness, my old friend. I've come to talk with you again. Because a vision softly creeping. Left its seeds while I was sleeping And the vision that was planted in my brain Still remains within the sound of silence In restless dreams I walked alone Narrow streets of cobblestone Neath the halo of a street lamp I turned my collar to the cold and damp When my eyes were stained